transformational truth number eight. If the vision God's given you for your life doesn't require faith to achieve, then you haven't discovered God's vision for your life yet. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Today, I am happy to introduce to you all one of my heroes in the faith, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite leaders, one of my favorite visionaries in the whole wide world. It is Pastor Phil Pringle. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Pastor Phil. Pastor Phil, along with his wife, Chris, founded C3 Church Global back in 1980. It is today a movement of over 500 churches in 60 different countries. C3 has a reach of more than 100,000 people worldwide. I'm telling you, this is a world-class leader leading an incredible church. Uh, Many years ago, a friend of mine handed me a Phil Pringle book. And I picked up the book. I could not put that book down. It made an impact on my life, and I've read everything he has written since. Phil has written books like Dead for Nothing, Inspired to Pray, You the Leader, uh, Ten Qualities of a Great Leader. Listen to me. This guy is an encyclopedia of leadership and all things vision. And today, he's going to share some incredible insight and some incredible wisdom on this transformational truth. Let's get started. Everybody, our special guest today is Pastor Phil Pringle, and I am thrilled and excited. His ministry, his leadership has impacted my life over the last 14 years. I've read just about everything he has written, and I am blessed, and we are honored, Pastor Phil, to have you with us today on Transformational Truths. Thanks, Travis. It's uh, my honor to be with you and to see such a brilliant, young, up-and-coming, new breed of ministers like yourself is extremely heartening to us who are a little older in the tooth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Pastor, here's today's Transformational Truth. If the vision God's given you for your life doesn't require faith to achieve, then you haven't discovered God's vision for your life yet. And what a great statement. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're talking about the role that faith plays in the pursuit of a God-given vision. And when I say vision, uh, for the sake of our listeners, I think it's important to note that I'm not just talking about uh, being the owner of a company or the leader of a church. I'm also talking about the vision that God wants us to pursue for our marriage, our family, our future. And I think one of the most overlooked attributes of fulfilling vision is faith. And um, Pastor, your passion to help people grow and to fulfill their potential is incredible. Um, Everything you write, when I read it, it inspires me, it inspires leaders to cultivate their faith and to pursue their God-given purpose. How does faith impact your own pursuit of vision? Well, uh, Travis, you know, uh, just stop me because whenever you want, because the answer <laughs> is not small. <laughs> and uh, number, you know, I'll try and condense, you know, big thoughts into short 
statements, uh, which is, you know, a skill any communicator should try to uh, master at some stage. Otherwise, we just talk too long. I, I think that, uh, number one, it is important to get the God vision, not just a good idea, but to get the God idea. And one of the, the problems with our humanness is to go ahead and do something that has excited us or inspired us, but it's not what God said. Mm. Not that we're in rebellion, we're just in presumption. We've gone ahead of God rather than stopping to get that from the Lord. Now, Habakkuk, he said, I will position myself in the watchtower to see what he will say to me. So when God speaks, pictures come out of his mouth mm. and come into our imagination. So we see what he says. We don't, you don't necessarily hear what he says. You see it. Wow. And, then, and then that is... That is just an initiation of a vision because then Ephesians says, be imitators of God. So you, now it's up to us to do what God did to us. Right. So he doesn't give us the vision as a one-time experience and then say, off you go, it's all going to happen. A vision is like a possibility. It's like, it's like a prophecy. It's an opportunity. It's mm. Some would love to think it's a guarantee that God's sovereign hand is just going to make it all happen. But it's, it's not like that. He gives you the prophecy to motivate you to fulfill your own prayers. Mm. And that's what, that's what transformation is about, Travis. In my mind, it's we pray for something to change in our circumstances and God changes us so that we will make the change in the circumstances. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and the way that we change is by rewiring our thinking because a hacker has got into the system mm. and he's downloaded a bunch of glitches and bugs and viruses into our thinking that we need every day to regularly download updates for our operating system. Wow. Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves operating in the way of the flesh and in the, in the negative mindsets that that we are surrounded by, especially in today's world. It's just pouring negativity into people's living rooms. So fear and anxiety are at yes. all time highs. You can't afford to, 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 to feed on that. I'm, I'm feeding my congregation and myself on the word of God. We will beat this thing and we will come out of it better than we went into it. Amen. But you've got to rewire your thinking and see it. And so the way that we rewire, I know I'm taking a long way to get around no, this, this is good, Pastor. to get to this truth, but the, but the way that we then get that vision to come to pass, because you've got to know that your imagination is a creative force it is the most powerful creative force that we have got because we see it. And then we say it, put those two together and you're going to change the world hmm. because he gives you the vision so that you will recall it to, to mind. So every day I have in my reminders and it pops up at 7 a.m. One million worshipers in C3 congregations around the world. See it, say it. Wow. So I see it and I say it. Now we're at 120,000. And if you told me that we would be at that size 
when I when we were starting, I'd say you got rocks in your head because because <laughs> God has done exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, and that word think is noio, which means to conceive and perceive. So I'm perceiving this thing that God is one on one day He gives you the vision, but then on the subsequent rest of your life you need to recall the vision and rewire your brain so that it it gets down into your subconscious the only way to get down there is repetition Mm. so you speak it and you speak it and you speak it and you speak it until you've got truth in the inward parts and Mm. when i got a vision i put the scripture next to it so i'd see that vision and then i'll say have faith in god Mark eleven twenty two. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. And so I put the the vision and, and put faith into that vision. It starts to change me, so that I develop this atmosphere, this lifestyle, this pathway that's going to attract that to my life. Mm. Wow! See it and then say it, and you you actually put that reminder in your calendar. Oh, with a bunch of other things, some of them personal, which is nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's gold. Um, and I think, in essence, Pastor, what you're teaching us and describing to us is, is the power of confession. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is, if you, don't, if you don't get that understood, you're never going to appropriate New Testament realities. Mm. And... Uh, uh, you know, like the, when, and that's Joshua entering Canaan. Us entering New Testament realities is Joshua entering his promised land. And we've got wow. a whole world of promises in the New Testament uh, that the enemy is sitting on blocks of land there. Like there's the enemy of condemnation, the giants of condemnation who bully people in their brains all day long. Wow. Uh, is sitting on the, on the land of forgiveness. And we've got to go in there. And possess it. Well, how are you going to possess it? No longer is God doing things sovereignly for Joshua when he walks into the land. In fact, the miracles have stopped. The bread stopped coming. The water stopped flowing. The mm. clothes stopped not wearing out. The cloud was gone. The fire was gone. All the supernatural stuff finished. But, but just because God stops doing miracles at some points in our lives doesn't mean he's left us. It means we're going to another level. Wow. That this is the next level. So the way that they possessed that land was the sword. And the sword in the New Testament, obviously, is the word of God. Right. And Paul says, take up the sword. The reason we've got to take it up is because we drop it so often. I can Mm. guarantee that people even listening to this haven't spoken the word of God as a weapon against the enemy and to build their faith, the two-edged sword. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people just forget to do that or, or wow. embarrassed about doing it. Wow. But when you, I would say a quarter at least of my prayer life is speaking scripture. And so this, we're going to understand this isn't just some positive mindset thinking right. either. Right. Because some of my confessions are stuff like, I am crucified with Christ. Right. That's not... That's not the most positive thing to say. But man, when your flesh is wanting to do stuff it's not meant to do, and it's going to compromise your lifestyle, thank right. God for truth that's going to overcome my fact. The facts are, but the truth is. 
Mm. I'm crucified with, I'm struggling with this, but the truth is I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so Mm. as soon as I speak that word, I defeat the enemy. And and, I mean, if it was good enough for Jesus, he fought, fought the devil, he didn't say, oh, you know what, devil, just go away. He said, it is written, buddy. He mm. wasn't even relying on a rhema. He was re- relying on what is written, mm. the logos of the word. Wow. Wow, Pastor. Uh, powerful. Um, I knew this was going to be um, rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, uh, Pastor Phil, in your book, You the Leader, you address the importance of faith intersecting with vision. And, um, and you wrote something I wanted to share with our listeners. You said, the leader is a can-do person. He or she is a faith person. He or she is a bold, confident, and almost reckless person. <laughs> right. <laughs> can, can you unpack that a little? Because, because some of the most significant moments of my life required major steps of faith that to others at the time had to appear reckless. Can you unpack that for a moment? Yeah, sure. Um, now, yeah, the word, uh, I, I, it's, got a, it's got a caveat on it. It says almost reckless um, because I don't think faith is reckless. It needs to be right. calculated. Right. Jesus said, listen, you believe you can build a tower? Sit down, calculate. Are you going to be able to finish what you start? And, and it's not counting up what's in the bank. It's counting up what's in you. Mm. Have you got the emotional resilience to get to the end of this, to go wow. all the way. I mean, through all the opposition. And obviously you don't really know until you are in the battle, but I would call it kind of reckless to step out of a boat in a storm. Right. Uh, you know, and, and think that you're going to walk on water. Right. That, that, <laughs> but you're not thinking this is reckless. You're saying, Jesus is calling me. I, it's going to be, we're going to make it. But right. then... You also, you know, find yourself in trouble sometimes. I mean, your faith gives up and faith is like a battery. You use it and, it, and it, 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 the levels go down. That's why every day you got to build faith again because it leaks. Uh, or, and uh, and you got to avoid the people who are vampires. They suck the life out of you hmm. and uh, they drain faith and There are situations that drain faith. I mean, honestly, uh, as long as I stay in my sweet spot, I'm good. But but when I feel that traditional obligations are going to get me out of doing what I know I'm meant to do it and I haven't got the courage to say no, to go counsel somebody or visit somebody in hospital, I am not called to do that stuff. But Mm. traditional obligation would say a pastor should do it. Right. uh, But I'm... I lead some, a bunch of pastors and they do a far better job than me because that's their sweet spot. Right. And, uh, and so I know I've got to get myself into that sweet spot and do what the Lord has called me to do. Let me uh, just dial back a little here, Travis. Uh, okay. On something you said there with the, is a can-do person. It's an interesting dynamic to put together the liberty and the freedom and the feeling of self-determination that faith gives you and the will of God. Putting those two together is, a, is, is sort of like it's tension. It's a, 
they can seem like, well, if you're really free, you can go and do whatever you want. But no, you can't. Because mm-hmm. right. I'm only going to have faith to do the will of God. Right. And I'm, I'm only, I'm only going to be able to do what my gifting and wiring has called me to do. And I need to hit that, that target. I need to hit that bullseye. I mean, Joshua, he, God said, now go in and possess the land. Joshua didn't say, wow, all things are possible with God. I think I'll right. take India. I'm right. going right. to go off and, and do Africa. No, God said, this is what you've got to do. Mm. But you, you, you don't be thinking that because this is the will of God, that God's going to do it, that mm. his sovereignty is just going to make it happen. You have to go in and fight to implement aggressively. I call it aggressive submission. And so you aggressively implement the will of God, not imagining that because it's God, it's just going to be easy. Right. It's going to be, I mean, you could take trouble as a sign that you're in the will of God. Mm. Um, Pastor, how do you, or how would you recommend, what advice would you give to a leader listening who's trying to discern between the genuine faith step and what what could appear to be reckless. Because sometimes it's very, you know, you feel kind of conflicted. Like you really believe Jesus is calling you out onto the water. But but at the same time, it just seems crazy um, that you're getting ready to take the step of faith and other people around you don't necessarily see it or understand it. What advice would you give to a leader who's trying to discern kind of that difference between genuine faith and and recklessness? Such a good question, uh, because uh, that is that's at the nub of leadership. Uh, taking people where they don't want to go, and when you get them there, they kiss you for taking them. And uh, you're <laughs> never going to be without uh, people finding it very difficult to come along. So this drifts us into uh, leadership of a team, and not just the faith question. Hmm. Uh, because if you've been creating an atmosphere of faith, I believe God can speak to that atmosphere. Hmm. Before I preach, I would try and clothe that congregation with faith because I know that that is the atmosphere that God moves in. That's the atmosphere that the lightning strikes. It doesn't strike in the world of unbelief. Hmm. When there's an atmosphere of doubt, Jesus could do no mighty miracle. We're told that in his own hometown village. But when there was faith, God spoke to him. In the, new, in the book of Acts, Paul saw a man who was disabled, and he saw that he had faith to be healed. So he spoke to him. Mm. So it's interesting. If we provide, if we switch our faith on and say, with God, all things are possible, and we, we, we start to believe, then God is able to speak to us in that zone, and we will find that that word that he gives us gives us faith to do the thing that he has called us to do. So obedience calls for faith as much as anything. Faith wow. isn't licensed to just do whatever we want to do. As, as followers of Christ, we need to make him Lord of our life, not just Savior. Hmm. And if he's Lord of our life, then I am here at his disposal to carry out his will. But the carrying out of his will 
means I need to one, have the faith to do it and, and B to, to, to be obedient. Hmm. You just said something really intriguing and you, it, it, you've, you've, you've stirred my curiosity. You said that you, uh, before you preach, you're going to try to clothe that your congregation with faith. You're going to try to establish an atmosphere of faith. Practically, what does that look like? Well, I, I would, at the top of my, my preaching notes, I have uh, praise, pray, prophesy, preach. Wow. So those four things, all the prayers, <laughs> I'll go, thank you, Jesus. Praise God, everybody. And even if it's online like this, which we do a lot of, like yourself in these times. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Can we, and, and getting people to sing in the online experience is very awkward, very right. difficult. And I've, you cannot take your in-person church services, this is a margin note, and try and do them online. Right. That's a dead end. You, you know, don't be telling people to stand up in their bed and sing. You know, I mean, who's going to be doing that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like, but I tell you what you can do. You can praise God without singing. So let's mm. just praise God, people. Wherever you are, just sitting there, let's praise him. Praise him for the good things that are going on in your life. Praise him for, for victory in the areas. Look at the good things that have happened this week, not the bad things. Did your daughter do well at school? Did your dog survive the vet? Did you know, like you get a right, raise right. from the government? Did you get part of the stimulus package? Thank you, Jesus. Don't be complaining and criticizing. This is church, and we're gonna we're gonna praise God for all the good stuff. Follow the good, and you'll get more of it. And uh, and so then then I would pray, dear God, we ask you and we believe you. And for me, praying is is speaking faith as much as anything. But then I'd prophesy and say, Travis, you are going to have one of the greatest weeks of your life. Look mm. at you. Here you are, a new creation man, born again, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got grace all over you. You are favored by God. If, mm. if anything is going to happen to you, I'm telling you the future is far greater than the past. The blessing of God is on your pathway. God is going to move in your life. Now, people, Travis, people don't hear that stuff all week long. Right. But I'm, you and I are told to put courage into one another, encourage mm. one another while it is called today. And you, any encouragement has to be extravagant. It cannot be, um, Travis, you're a somewhat you know, reasonable leader. That's not encouragement at all. You have to <laughs> go over the top and right. use hyperbole and, uh, and lavish your praise. And, generosity is not just about finances it's about our words to one another and we can propel people into just their greatest life mm. i'll give you a scripture on that in case somebody thinks well i'm not sure about that and, and some people fear that they're going to make a person proud i say oh, i'll take the chance you know <laughs> people just one drop of belief in them will right. change their life. Right. It is an unbelievable thing that, and, and we as humans can tap the potential that's in each other just by believing in each other. Mm. You can do it. I've told people they can buy a house when they don't believe they can and they, and they find they, they do it. Mm. I've told people they can, they'll fall pregnant even though they've been to every 
person in, you know, medical person in, and they fall pregnant. Wow. I tell them, you can do it. You're going to, you're going to bust through this life. You're a new creation right. person who, and right. that person possesses the new Testament promises. I mean, Adam was a super being. He wasn't just some fleshy person like us. He was clothed in light, walking tall, commanding the earth. Mm. He was like walking with God, for goodness sake. Right. I mean, every day he's just shone with glory. And him and Eve, they, and, and we have been restored not to that level, which would have been incredible, mm. but we are, far, we are far above all principalities and powers. 147 times in the New Testament, it says in him. We're like Tony Stark inside that, that, that suit, baby. <laughs> yes. we, we are in, in Christ. Him. Wow. We, we've been clothed with Jesus Christ, you know, the son of the almighty God. And so we're walking as children of God. and We will reign in life by Christ Jesus, the Bible says. So we have got to not just believe like we've talked about faith, Faith is not just about believing, it's about being. Mm. And, 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 and that's such a big thing, Travis, because, because it, wasn't, it wasn't Jacob who possessed his promises. It was a guy called Israel. But it's the same guy with a different name. Wow. It, wasn't, it wasn't Simon that the church is built on. It was a guy called Peter. Right. But it's the same guy. Right. But he had a transformation, God, so deep that it changed their name. Abraham, the person who fulfills the destiny that was promised to Abraham was Abraham. And that's why being a new creation person, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old has passed away. All things have become new. I've been born again. I've, wow. been, I've got a new set of genes, baby. And, you know, I've been regenerated. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and so this, my, my operating system has been upgraded, uh, you know, for, and I pressed the agree button and I said, download the whole lot. I, 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 I'm going to be transformed. And that's, and that's basically where a leader, when you say clothing a congregation, you, you, you want your people to come into that place mm. uh, because they've been spending all week listening to the most negative news, right? whether it's fake or whatever, it, it, right. it's dissension, division, hatred, negativity, and, uh, and activism. Honestly, I'm a kingdom guy. I'm, right. I'm here to build a kingdom. I got enough activists against me in the invisible world <laughs> that I need to take on. <laughs> Amen. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, you might want to go back and uh, rewind and listen to the last two minutes right there. That that and, and listen to it over and over and over again. That is absolutely faith building, um, uh, Pastor. Just as you just began to um, exercise that, I could feel my own faith being stirred. Um, you said something important. I want to touch on before we move on to the next question. Faith isn't just about believing; it's about being. Wow. 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 Um, exactly. Well, Philemon six, um, when Paul's writing to that guy, he says, he says, the communication of your faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. So you want to be an wow. effective communicator. 
you got to start acknowledging all the good stuff that's in you in Christ Jesus. Not just that's in you, but what has Jesus put in you? So instead of saying, oh, I'm such a broken down, beaten up, you know, person trying to be an authentic believer, admitting to a thousand volts, and I'm into that. I'm, I'm okay with that. But authenticity doesn't always have to be negative. Right, right, right. Which brings us full circle back to the conversation about faith, right? It's, yes. Um, and, and Pastor, why do you think we struggle sometimes to do that? Is it, is it false humility? Is it, is it pride? What keeps us from acknowledging the good things that, that Christ has put in us? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm no psychologist, um, but, I, but I do think that the human frame is negatively bent. Uh, and you don't have to try to be negative. It'll come pretty naturally right. to you. Uh, but you do have to try to be positive mm. because, because we've, we've, got a, we've got a bent in our bowling ball. You know, that there's a weight that just right. veers off. And uh, Job says, as soon as a man is born, the sparks begin to fly. It's just, he's mm. born with, with, with this bent to be selfish, self-pitying, you know, and, that, and that's why when Jesus died, he, he didn't, I mean, Paul's revelation is so unique compared to the other guys. Right. Because he introduces the idea that he didn't just die for our sins. Right. He died to crucify you, baby. Right. <laughs> I die with Jesus. Wow. Uh, and so that's the best day of your life because the person who causes you the most problems is sitting in your seat today. And, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> you know, to, 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 to accept, and it's, 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 these are realities that we might think, well, I don't feel very dead. You know, I'm, I'm, my flesh is still jumping around. I got anger issues. I got, you know, lust issues or whatever. And, and that's true. So it's an appropriation. It's a journey. Right. It's like possessing that promised land. Yes. Bit by bit by bit, you keep fighting the good fight. You'll, you'll get there if you don't stop fighting. If you just keep the fight of faith, and the fight of faith is good because we win. One of the most uh, paradigm-shifting uh, New Covenant truths that I discovered, Pastor, um, was the idea that Christ didn't just die for me. He died as me. Sure. Yeah. So, so huge. That, that, yeah, it changed everything for me. Pastor, I've, I've discovered uh, both in my own life and, and as a pastor that fear has a way of making average look attractive. Um, it, and, and it almost always shows up just before we take a significant step of faith. Right. Um, and, and I think one of the most common types of fear we face is the fear of failure. Yeah, Um, no doubt. How do you think we, can you give us some, some ideas, some tips? How do we conquer the fear of failure? You've, you're, you know, you, you've built this incredible ministry. You're impacting thousands upon thousands upon thousands of lives, both in your ministry, churches you've planted. You've got vision for a million worshipers. How, how have you conquered this, this fear of failure? Okay, well, I think you've got to wind it back a little uh, to what kind of person you are. If I'm a perfectionist, Mm. I'm in trouble because I'm anticipating that everything I do is going to be a success. And I know some people who have not got the emotional resilience to survive failure. Mm. And I feel very sad for a lot of kids today 
who are getting trophies for turning up. Right. Because when you hit the real estate firm and you're the real estate agent and you lose the deal, they're not giving you a reward for turning up. <laughs> they're going to say, you don't get any money. Right. You didn't get the deal. Right. Life's, life's not, doesn't reward you for turning up. It rewards you for winning. Mm. And, and, the, and the process of winning is losing nine times. Wow. You're not, you, to develop emotional resilience, you've got to learn how to fail. I'm sorry if you can hear noise here. There's construction going on around us. No, you fine. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I think that, uh, that, yeah, that is, that is one of the saddest things I see that people and, and suicides have gone up because people fail in a relationship. Like, oh, my life is over. You know, oh, we lost all that money. Oh, we, we started the business and it didn't work. That's part of the building of a life. Mm. And in fact, it's almost more important than the successes because it builds who you are, the ability to get up again. All you've got to do is get up one more time than you go down and you're going to be a winner. Mm. A righteous man. Will, I mean, there are scriptures that talk about the righteous man right. falls seven times. I mean, what's that about? That's, that's like saying being righteous doesn't guarantee you unending success. And do you know, <clears throat> endless sunshine just creates deserts. Wow. You, you need clouds in the sky. Uh, wow. I mean, I take, I take photos and when there's no clouds, I, I pretty well don't take the photo because it's, it's just boring. You know, it's like <laughs> there's no character in the whole scene. And even Jesus, he's, he says, look at my scars. Wow. You know, and uh, I just think that you've got to accept that life has painful moments that may be failure. But you know what? I have found that the worst of failures that happen to us, yeah. God takes and redeems. If you keep yourself in a place of faith, he's a redeemer. Mm. So all things will work together for good to those who love God. Mm. It may seem terrible at the time, like a right. complete wiped out disaster, but it could be part of the journey. Even that, you know, and, and this, this is a big statement. Maybe God was in it. Maybe, right. Maybe God was in the storm where Peter ended up walking on the water. Maybe, maybe God was in the first failure, so the second one worked. And that is a principle in Scripture, mm. that things work the second time round. I mean, Adam didn't work the first time round, but the second one, second Adam, he, he did work. The Old Testament, the First Testament didn't really work. The second one does. Um, <laughs> our first life, it didn't really work. So we got born again, and that's going to work. So there's something about failure being a necessary part almost or death being a necessary part of getting to the next part of life. A bug doesn't become a butterfly without going through a transforming you know, process. A seed doesn't become a, a tree without dying in the ground. And to some, it could look like failure, but maybe it's a process that God takes us through. And I'm telling you, when we're talking about faith, faith isn't just about getting the victory and, and, and seeing success. It's about walking through that valley 
mm. and keeping going. Faith, faith is to keep going when you don't want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Pastor, I want to recap a couple of things you just said that are really, really important. You said the process of winning is losing nine times. I think, I think there's a lot of leaders that need to hear that because there is, there's this illusion that winning just means you win and they don't realize that failing is a part of the process of winning. Um, and then endless sunshine only creates deserts. Oh my goodness. Um, I, one of the, the truths, uh, Pastor Phil, that I've um, adopted in my own life is, um, I I've got this uh, written down. I keep this close. Um, adversity is the shovel in God's hand, digging up my treasure. Um, Ah, true. He's always using this adversity to dig, dig something good up inside of me, even though it's not pleasant at the time. Um, yeah. Pastor, uh, last question. Um, undoubtedly, there are some people listening who might feel like they've missed some opportunities. Um, maybe they feel like they have failed and fear got the best of them. And they're struggling with feelings of failure. Um, what encouragement would you offer them? Okay, Travis. Well, I mean, I try to care for pastors, look after pastors and lead pastors, uh, quite a, quite a, quite a large number. And, uh, it's one of the toughest jobs on earth. I, I think it is possibly the toughest job on earth. Yeah. I mean, you, you got a great church member, you put them on staff, they mess up a little, you fire them, they leave the church. It's, it's like, and then lawsuits and right. councils and, you know, like you're fighting uh, to win. And then when you win, fellow pastors criticize you and dismiss it because of jealousy or, you know, they, they don't like having another guy in town. Or, it just is it's like, you go, and I've been doing this for nearly 50 years. Okay. So uh, you, you better settle in to the saddle. <laughs> and, and say, okay, I got the yoke on, I got my armor on. Let's let's just do this thing and keep a good attitude through the whole the whole deal. So, I think no matter what has happened, uh, keep a great attitude. Now, this your question is, what would I say to a pastor who's failed or a leader who's failed? Yeah, I think you got to define the failure, mm. uh, and whether it is a genuine failure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's a moral failure, uh, there's hope. You can get through it. Uh, you can get to the other side. If it's uh, a and and I've seen guys they can get there. Some don't mm. because they don't want to let go. Mm. And some go too quickly to the grace side of things rather than, and it's premature because they haven't really felt the shame properly and they mm. haven't really repented. And so I think you've got to feel red faced about your wrongs mm. and not just say, Oh, praise the Lord. You know, he forgives me. Right. If, if right. There's something, if there's something wrong down on the inside of our spirit, we need to uproot that and repent mm. and, and forsake, conf- uh, confess and forsake. And that says, the proverb says, he, he will find mercy who 
confesses and forsakes. You got to turn away from it. And even if you've turned away from it, then you went back and you turned away and you went back. Um, you got to keep coming back to Jesus. Eventually you're going to win. Yeah. But, but don't walk away from God and don't let the bully, the devil get in your head, say you're finished. Right. You got to overcome that. And if so that good. means, that means getting in, in a room, shutting the door and yelling for an hour, do it, mm. get mad, get, mm. get spirited, fight the fight. You're fighting for your soul. You're fighting for your life, brother. Right. And, uh, I can't do that for you. you, you I, I, I can't give you therapy or talk or a pill or anything that'll get you through to the other side other than you saying, dear God, I'm so sorry. I messed up. I blew it. Uh, please forgive me. And that might take a week. It might take a while to get through that valley. Yeah. But, but go there. Yeah. Feel it and, and unload it out to God because mm. you, 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 the blood of Jesus can't cleanse what is not brought out into the light. Mm. If you keep it hidden up in the dark, it's got power over you. Mm. But once you put it in the light, it, all sin loses its power. The blood washes it and you're cleansed. And if the confession, if it's just the circle of God and you, then that, if it involves another, other people, you gotta, you got to front that as well and get a clean slate. You can't have faith on a crooked heart. Mm. It, it, that's like, you know, I get this terrible, terrible uh, picture of, of a turd that's painted with gold. And I'm sorry for the picture, but <laughs> I think sometimes <laughs> we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get it out. We can't put positive spin and gloss on what hasn't, been gotten out of our system mm. so, so that's that that failure you can get through it if you if you follow that line which is going to be a blow to the to the pride and to the fear that there's in everybody's out. but a failure that's in the zone of uh personality team uh breakdown of relationships yeah. all of that can be fixed as well yeah again it just needs a humility to be able to say i'm sorry if you're the leader, it is 10 times more difficult to say to admit to that, but you should. Uh, you should say, look, guys, I've blown it. I messed up here. Can you forgive me? And, uh, and it's amazing the level of respect that comes into a team if a guy and, – and it should only be, you know, once every 10 years that that's going to happen, uh, if that. Uh, but uh, it's not, if you keep doing that every week, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't be leading. Uh, <laughs> and people are going <laughs> to um, uh, You know, and you've got to choose who you bleed with. Uh, Jesus said, you three guys, you come with me into the garden. And uh, mm. it's, it's, just, it's not for everybody that sort of right. that close. And then failure with a, a church that might not have worked. Now, listen, Travis, here's the thing. If we were to talk about my failures, this podcast is not going to be long enough. It is. There's no way that we would get through. My first connect group, three people came to it. It mm. was terrible. My first church I had, we started with 15. I was there for three years. I started pastoring when I was 23 years old. That church exploded, Travis, from, 30, uh, from 15 people over three years to 30. 
<laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was I had visions of 300 and everything else, but you know, my God, it just, I, and that was very good for me because I learned everything, a, 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 a huge amount of things about pastoring in that little, in that time. I, I mean, I learned all the things not to do. And, uh, and those poor people, I, I don't know why God afflicted them with this character coming along, but I learned a lot there. <laughs> my first preach, I remember my first preach when I was made an assistant youth leader. I was given seven minutes and I preached like, Billy Graham would have been in awe. I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. I was, and I, at the end, I thought, man, that was good. And I said, okay, who's going to come out and receive Jesus tonight? I got to tell you, Travis, not a sausage. Not one person came out. I, I was... I mean, I said, God, you might have the wrong person here. He said, thank you. That was my cue, you know. And so I've, I've come to realize that it's better to glory in your weakness. Wow. That the power of Christ might rest on you. Wow. And, uh, and, and so built, planning and growing churches, I've proven I can't do it. I'm useless. Mm. But, but in Christ, in the will of God, in the purpose of God. And I can, I can give God all the thanks for everything that's happened because I just say, look what the Lord's done. It's amazing. Wow. Um, Pastor, the transformational truth we're talking about tonight is if the vision God's given you for life doesn't require faith to achieve it, then you probably haven't discovered God's vision for your life. And tonight you really helped us get, get our head around faith, vision, and a plethora of other things that are incredible. And I pray that everyone listens to this podcast over and over and over again. You said you said something in that last point. I'm going to recap, um, and then we'll wrap up. You said, choose the people who bleed with you. Um, that is something we should all take some time to think about. Um, Pastor Phil, where can people find you? Uh, philpringle.com is my website uh, at philpringle is my Instagram and uh, I think it's the Twitter account as well and uh, C3 Church Global is is the website to go to to find out what we're doing my podcast uh, comes out every Wednesday at uh, between 12 and, uh, noon and 4.30 in the afternoon and I have conversations just like this with my own team and leaders and other people incredible thank you pastor Thank you. It's been great to be with you, Travis. If you'd like to connect with Pastor Phil, please check out the links that we included for you in the show notes. And if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment, go to Apple iTunes and rate the show and write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. 